All right, go ahead and be seated. So uh, I'm up for tenure, and my tenure portfolio has already been submitted, but I'm going to do something very dangerous and ask everyone who's ever taken my Old Testament introduction. Let's see if you remember the things that we say over and over. You ready? Here we go. Say it out loud. Choice is inherent in... Look at that. Sin problem is a... Thank you. Now I can get tenure. Here's an origin story. I grew up in a very lower middle class family in Louisville, Texas. I didn't know what I didn't have until I was older. My parents were raised during the Depression. I'm, I'm not a second or third generation church person. And actually, my family started going back to church. My mom and dad had been through a really horrible divorce. They moved to uh, uh, before they met each other. They met each other. My older sister, who was from my mom's first marriage, um, they moved to Louisville in this house without air conditioning. My house didn't have air conditioning until my mother was pregnant with me. I'm glad because I was a fat little kid. But we had this, this house, and what happened back in the day, we would sit outside, and uh, you would drink tea and other beverages and smoke cigarettes. That was entertainment for my neighborhood. And one of the things they would do is they would take my daughter to different vacation Bible schools, uh, basically for daycare. Now, my mom and dad were people of, of faith. They had just walked away. And my sister went to the Church of Christ. Uh, they had a little garage house. It's now, garage, it's now Garden Ridge Church, but it was just a small little church in the neighborhood that met in someone's garage. So mom and dad sent her over there. And my sister told the preacher at this vacation Bible school at someone's house, I think my mom and dad are going to go to hell because they drink beer and smoke cigarettes. So the preacher wrote their name down, went a couple of streets over and said, are you Henry Atlanta phrase? And they're like, yes, your daughter thinks you're going to go to hell. And they all had a discussion and started laughing. And my mom and dad at that point decided we need to go to church. Well, two kids later, I was the last kid. We were going to what was University Place Church. And my parents gave me a drug problem. I was drugged to church, whether I liked it or not. All the time, the doors were open. My dad was an incredible leader. Mom started the nursery program. We were church people. Now, in our denomination, something happens. And if you come from a conservative group, in fifth grade, between fourth and fifth grade, it's called the age of accountability. Nobody's going to laugh unless you're old. So in fourth grade, women can teach your class. In fifth grade, something magical happened. And it was only the men because they were going to call you to repentance. And you had to give your life to Jesus. And there was a lot of intense pressure and um, it was pretty intimidating for me because I was the spawn of Henry Lana Frey's. Needless to say, I was a late bloomer. I wasn't baptized in fifth grade. I didn't give my life to Jesus. It wasn't sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. And everybody was thinking, what is wrong with Frey's? And it was very awkward for me. But I think I was a little bit of gifted and talented because I knew all the stories. But I had two big important questions. One was... If God knew people were going to hell, why did he even create me? And if God knows everything, and God knew people were going to go to hell, why, why was I born? And why do I got to make this choice? And I had this idea that what was going on in the realm I couldn't see is there was God over here, there was Satan over here, and they were like playing checkers with me, and I started to resent it. 
I mean, I knew, okay, something was inside of me. I knew that I was broken. I knew I needed something. I knew all the Jesus stories, but I just couldn't commit to it. So in sixth grade, I went to my first summer camp at a place called Lake Cisco Christian Camp. Back in the day, you couldn't wear shorts to church camp, even though it was 105,000 degrees, because if you saw a girl's ankles, you would go to hell. So we're in our, our jeans. It was a magical place. I still remember the text was John, uh, was John 10 and Psalm 23 and Jesus being our shepherd. And for the first time, something happened inside of me where I would say that I felt drawn towards God. I mean, I, it, was, it was a pretty amazing experience, but I still had these questions. There was a lady named Sherry Farley who, if she's, her kids are hearing this, they'll weep. She was a pretty inspirational and her husband person in my life. And at camp, on one of the last days, she said, David, and she looked at me, why have you not given your life to Jesus? Well, I panicked. I just outright lied. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that. And we're going to get baptized Sunday night. And I ran away and I had a mysterious, you know, stomach ache Sunday night, never went to church. From that point on, that lady, every time we would go to a youth conference. Now, back in the day, we had groups this size that would be in Dallas. And this size, it would be in, in Fort Worth. And it was a lot of pressure. It was like, just as I am, I surrender all. And they would sing till half the auditorium was responding. I knew I would sit right in the middle. Because the odds are somebody's going to go off the end. And I was afraid if I sat on the end, somebody would think that's the night I was going to give my life to Jesus. So I sat right there in the middle. And this lady, I'm, I wish I was making this up. It was crazy. Every time she was a sponsor, when they started doing the invitation song, she would turn around, look at me. <laughs> I would do this. Like some of you do in my class, you don't want to answer a question, right? And you're like, like this. That went on for three more years. Then I came to love it Christian because my youth minister was from here and he told me about this camp called Encounter 40 years ago. And I came to check out all the ladies. It was pretty awesome. By then I had feathered hair, pretty good looking kid, had my deaf leopard, eight track. Um, <laughs> it's cruising, had my button flies all pegged up. I was wearing my polo cologne. She was from Plano. I walk her back to the dorm. It's awesome. Waiting for that moment to give her a holy kiss of love. Back and forth. On Wednesday night, we had a tornado alert. Now, let me explain for all of you guys. We have safety procedures now, but I don't think we loved kids way back in the 80s. Um, I don't even know where my counselors were. Okay, so we, there were, we could see tornadic clouds just kind of bouncing around. And... In the girls' dorm, it was crazy. My sister was in there, and they had them all out in the halls, and they, had, they were holding hands, and they were covering with pillows, singing, Jesus is, or just weeping. <laughs> I wish I was making this up. I have witnesses. Some of my peers, Sean Hughes, David Boyer, all these guys, we were at camp here. We don't know where our counselors were. There were people running up and down the hall singing, we're off to see the wizard, the wonderful <laughs> wizard of Oz. I knew that some of our counselors found a way to the roof in lawn chairs watching the tornadic weather. 
we had our windows open. We were playing Monopoly. And because we didn't have cell phones. And uh, we had our closet Alamo area where in case bad things happened, uh, we had our six pack of Dr. Pepper. We had blow pops. We were listening to Def Leppard. And here we were. Well, I run down the hall to see one of my friends that I grew up with, and I walk in. They're also playing Monopoly, and the windows are open, and they have things kind of holding down their money because it's blowing everywhere. And my friend Darren was terrified, and he opens up the closet, and he goes, David. And I'm like, yeah, what? And he goes, don't die. (laughs) Okay. Shuts the door. The next night, we're at the Green Lawn Church. And Jeff Walling, my buddy's preaching, and that guy can read the phone book and make you convicted of sin. I have no idea what he was preaching about, but I was right in the middle of Greenlawn, about third or fourth pew up. And I began to realize the reality that if I were to die in that tornado the night before, I believed in heaven or hell and I got mad. I mean, I I had angry, hot tears because all those questions came up. Why do I have to make this decision? What's God doing with me? What's the whole idea of hell? And I was so angry and it moved me to to action. And I started moving down the aisle and everybody's like, oh my gosh, this is the day. Jesus is going to come and be in the life of David Fraser. No, I went backwards. I went the other way and I saw my youth minister holding his newborn daughter and we went to the fellowship hall at Greenlawn. And with hot tears, I'm like, why in the world am I here? And why do I have to make this decision? For the first time in my life, I had a great mom and dad, a great church, but he brought it all together and he said, David, he said, hell's not created for you. And he showed me in the Bible where it says hell is created for the devil and his angels. And he started telling me it is very hard to go to hell because of what Jesus has done. I'm like, whoa, hold on. Why do I have to make this decision? And he said these words because God wants a relationship with you. He doesn't. He didn't create you just to serve him and worship him. That would be narcissism. He gave you a choice because he loves you that much and he's willing for you to make another choice. So sin problem is a heart problem. And choice is inherent in. And I remember looking out the window at Greenlawn. It's funny because I'm looking at LSU's campus and I'm having this conversation. I was terrified because there were thousands of kids there. And I said, when everybody leaves, can I get baptized? So just with my youth group, I remember looking out of the window and thinking, God, I don't know what's in store. But man, I'm going to give it everything that I have. I don't understand everything about this. And that night, terrified of crowds, I gave my life to Jesus. It's been 40 years ago. If you were to tell me I would be on this stage at that university, training youth ministers, and spend 35 years now working with teenagers, I would think you were crazy 40 years ago. But God's proven faithful. That's the origin story. It's a story of creation. It's a story of the Bible. God created you for relationship and he wants you to make a choice. A sin problem is a heart problem, but he gives you a new heart through the work of his life in the flesh through Jesus. So a couple of years ago, I went back to Cisco. After all those years, since I was in sixth grade, I went off the road. The road was actually closed. 
So I went on the side of the road because I'm from Texas and I saw the gate was open and I walked and I just drove in and nobody was there. And I heard this tractor and I turned around and there was this guy mowing the grass and I'm like, caught his attention. And I said, Hey, um, I went to camp here a long time ago. Can I just stay here and look around and pray? And he goes, sure. And he took the tractor outside the campground, drove it to Cisco because he needed gas. I mean, it was the weirdest thing. There was a very special place on the side of the mountain there at Camp Cisco. And this has only happened to me this time in my life. I walked down to that place. And I took out my Bible and I read that Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And thought about all the times of blessings, the valley of the shadow of death, the time that enemies were placed before me, all of this. And for the first time ever I've done this, it felt so holy, I took my shoes off and I just wept. And God said to me in that still small voice, do you remember that window at Greenland? I've been faithful. And I'm telling you, the last 35 years of ministry has been awesome. The last 40 years, through death and through life, through challenges, through doubt, through more death, through more life. God has been faithful and I found nothing else like this in the world to satisfy what was deep inside. Choice is inherent in relationship. So I hope you make that choice. At least entertain the choice. Because I can say, from my origin story, God has been faithful through every and all situations. Let's go have some Coke and candy.